In this world of so many uncertainties, the pandemic disrupting our plans, our schedules, and all the other upheavals of our time, here we now have yet another unknown. It's the morning after the elections, and we don't know who the next president of the United States will be. When will we find out? We even don't even know that. What will happen once we find out? Will everyone agree? And even if everybody agrees, what happens then in this polarized, divided country? What impact do these unknowns and uncertainties have on us? And how can we become stronger in the process? Because we all know uncertainty is very unsettling, very disconcerting, and even demoralizing. That's what we will be discussing. Now what? Hi, this is Simon Jacobson. Our topic is now what? With all the uncertainties around us, the unknowns, the pandemic, the other upheavals, now we have another big question mark, the elections. We usually know by after election night who won the presidential election. We don't know. When will we know? We're not sure yet. What will happen then? What impact does it have? What now? This program is dedicated in memory of two dear people, Sylvia and Leon Korngold of Bala, Kinwood, and Manhattan, formerly of Antwerp and London, dedicated by Daniel Kestenbaum. Now what? I mean, didn't we have enough question marks until now? We still have question marks. There's something about uncertainty and the unknown that's very unsettling. Even when you have clarity about something and you get the clarity that you don't like, let's say you apply for a job and you're rejected, or you're dating someone and you really fall in love with them and you want to marry them, but they reject you. At least there's clarity. It's painful, but the clarity allows you to move on. When there's a hanging cloud of uncertainty, there's something it does to us that weakens our entire psyche, our entire being. Even from young children, a yes and no is clarity. An unknown, a doubt, remains something that's lingering, unresolved. And that's very much the time in which we are in now. A type of unknown void. Let's start with the pandemic. What did it really do, pandemic? Of course, it took lives, threat to our health. But more than that, as, as bad as that may be, and I'm not minimizing it, but more than that, there's a psychological toll that's much more invisible and assiduous even. It challenged and disrupted all our norms. The things that you expected that you can rely on and depend upon suddenly wasn't there. 
It affected our schedules, our plans, our travel plans, the schooling of our children, our own work, commuting, congregating, entertainment, eating out. I mean, there isn't a sector of our lives that it did not affect. So if it happens for one day, two days, a week, a few weeks, human beings have resilience and you bounce back. If you remember back in May, June, people were saying, okay, we're soon getting back to the, this will be over, we're getting back to the to normal. But as time passed, it wasn't so simple, and it continues to not be so simple. And that takes a toll, especially when you think of it exponentially, the collective toll, and we all know about it today due to technology, it's much deeper than we even imagine. Because what happens with all those reliable schedules, those reliable security blankets and structures? Let's even say, and we've talked about this many times here, that they are not really absolute uh, foundations you can build upon, but we did rely on them. We had a certain comfort zone. We took it for granted, given. That's true. So it's very unsettling because these are the things, these are the coordinates, the underpinnings of how we run our lives, how we navigate. Think of it like the, the coordinates and the navigation. And suddenly they're not there, or they're not there in the regular fashion. I see the toll that it's taking. It creates this, the doubts, where, what, will things, what will things be like in a while from now? Yes, many things will go back, so to speak, to normal, because there's certain gravitation, especially if they're healthy, normal things. But many things may not go back, and we have no way to predict exactly and when. Now, this was a, a uh, microbe called COVID-19 that has spread and continues to spread in the world, still with us. But then there's the man-made responses, which also have contributed, and maybe more so, to the new uncertainties. Right middle, and it's hard to imagine it's all random, comes... A election year, 2020, same year of COVID is election year. And not just an election, a presidential election. And not just a presidential election, one that is so embroiled in controversy and so embroiled in polarized opinions. I mean, they say there were very nasty and ugly elections in the past, but in our lifetime, and with the media, where you clearly see that it's like very partisan, very hard to find objective facts. Everyone claims this is the facts and we're giving you the facts. It only contributes to the uncertainties. Okay, so but then there's always the election day. The results come in and finally there's a winner, a clear winner, a clear loser. Like it was two, four years ago, eight years ago. No, we're waiting election night and it's still unresolved due to new circumstances of voting, whether it's mail-in ballots or it's absentee ballots or uh, people voting, early voting, and the all different complications, as they're saying, and how they count it. So it's now basically a razor-thin difference with the uncertain hanging. It's easy to see how any candidate can win. Will we know today, tomorrow? So interestingly, when we titled this uh, program, Now What?, it was with the understanding that now the election is over, 
Let's talk about the results. Well, now what has become somewhat prescient and prophetic in a way, because now what is even a much bigger question mark than just what happens now once we have a clear winner? We don't even have a clear winner. And will there be a clear winner? Will the other side dispute it, whoever loses? And what will happen then? And then when there's a clear winner, or at least whoever determines it, the courts, or it's a consensus, what will happen then with the collateral damage? The question marks only continue to mount. And therefore the unsettling and disconcerting element of it is also going to accumulate. That's a given. Question marks, doubts, always create an unsettling situation and can even be worse than that, very demoralizing, very hard to navigate when all the coordinates are unknown, what happens next, and so on. It's pretty clear that the Senate will remain Republican and the House of Representatives will be, remain Democrat. That may change too, but let's put it this way. Let's say it's a question mark, but a little clearer. And what will that cause? A continued split in many ways. So everybody thinks they can find some magic pill. Just do this, just do that, and we have all our solutions. No, no. A wise person looks at the whole picture, the big picture. There's an expression, who is the wise one? The one that sees the birthing. Birthing means you see the results, the consequences. You don't just look at the immediate effect, but long-term, where we came from, where we're headed. So if you look at the year 2020, another irony, 2020 vision, which meant to be total clarity, is anything but. The 2020 has not, has not been a year of clarity. It's been a year of complete doubt and confusion and unknowns. But you put it in context, and let's say we were now in 2040 or 2030, and we were writing about the past of 2020. What would be the headlines? Obviously, all these events, but what would be like, what would capture the mood of our time? I would submit and suggest the word disruption. Disruption. And not just the disruption began in, uh, with the pandemic in March, but the disruption of our times in many ways. I remember when the new century and the new millennium entered, entered the year 2000. So though nothing happens on the day 2000, though there was that whole scare, the Y2K square, whatever, I don't even remember what it was, but the computers being reset, it was a whole, everyone thought it would be an apocalypse. But still, we do look at dates as milestones or as watershed moments, the change of a century. So it's not necessarily the moment, but it's the general change of a, of a generation, just as it was seen at the end of the 19th century as they entered the 20th. And you indeed see the transitions. The 20th century, no one could have expected in 1900 what would come the next 100 years. The Russian Revolution, the fall of the Ottoman Empire, century-old Ottoman Empire, World War I, World War II, and then the second half, the prosperity that would follow. That was perhaps one of the most dramatic centuries, maybe the most dramatic century in all of history, especially the extremes. The second half of the century after World War II became the most peaceful time. Perhaps now is even more peaceful, but relatively speaking, 
There were the wars, but compared to the trauma, compared to the, the deaths, over 120 million people, and how many displaced, and the, the whole... So how do we look at, I recall talking about when 2000, the year the 20th century ended, and we entered the 21st. So one year passed, and 9-11 came about. 9-11 was a, uh, a serious moment. You know, suddenly terrorism was brought to the Western world, to the United States. Not that it didn't exist, but in that type of powerful way. And what has happened since? We know that essentially the internet was born in 1995, approximately. I mean, born for commercial-wide use. It was back after world, at the end of World War II, actually, when it was first discovered, first invented. But it was secret. And until the early 70s, it uh, was really a government undercover uh, program. But finally, it was given to the universities, edu. And ultimately, in the mid-90s is when it began, the websites began being built, etc. What has the internet done to our world? Disruption. Disruption doesn't always mean a negative. Disruption means the change of the guard. Where old systems begin to give to new systems. And you can identify it, just like the printing press was a moment like that. And other events that happen in history, the Industrial Revolution. So the birth of the internet, not just the internet and the web, all modern technology, which is really relatively new. It's relatively 25, 30 years old. Obviously, technology is a, a march of progress that is accumulative and goes back. Everything is built on that which was before. The microchip was not invented in 1995. Neither was even HTML and so on. But we're talking about in a moment where you can identify where it became, affected the critical mass. Disruption. Initially, no one understood how far it's going to go. We knew in communications. Word processing, I myself, I moved from a typewriter to a word processor in 1982, and 83. Fax machines, I recall, that changed that caused. But then ultimately, where we are now, uh, what is it, 25 years in, the, the international web, worldwide web, which gave birth to Google, gave birth to Apple, even though Apple was born earlier, but its growth technology, and I say technology, also mobile technology, which would ultimately arrive a little while later, gave birth to Amazon, to Facebook, to all the giants, industries that their names didn't exist 30 years ago. Microsoft. So many large industries continue to remain powerful, but a whole new generation of platforms and mediums and applications was born. Amazon, what did Amazon do? It disrupted. It disrupted commerce. It disrupted the conventional way retail, sales. So when you look back at it, you could say the beginning of the 21st century, though it didn't begin immediately, but now when you look at it, disruption is the operative word. And it's only grown. And then comes 2020. Things were sailing along. Yes, technology was advancing. The 3G went to 4G to 5G. Speeds were growing. And suddenly we're struck with 
a middle age plague. When I say middle age, I mean a thing that we always belong to the middle ages. Something that we cannot expect and something that we cannot control. At least not in the fullest sense of the word. Completely caught by surprise and all the disruptions I mentioned before of literally every sector of society of 8 billion people and counting. Approximately. And then when you throw into the equation an election like 2016, Mr. Trump, a complete anomaly, unexpected, another complete uncertain. You remember how everyone was convinced he would never win that election? It was a joke. And then he did. And with his own unique style. Whether you love him or you hate him, definitely disruption. Disruption of Washington, disruption of conventional presidential etiquette, disruption of the Democratic Party, of the Republican Party. And he himself has caused disruption in many ways, good ways. Look at the Middle East. His unorthodox style produced peace agreements. I know some people don't like Trump, won't give him credit for anything, but it was definitely unusual. He didn't go with the conventional wisdom. You can say it was a fluke. doesn't matter. I'm not here to endorse or not endorse. I'm talking about the times we are in. Let's get rid of the names. It's a representative. So I have no doubt, looking back, disruption. Some of it is directly positive. Some of it is not. Some of it may turn very positive because that's the key to understanding what disruption really is. So now when we're suddenly faced with a new uncertainty, you know, initially I thought, come on, another? But then I realized it's very consistent with our times. If we're going to use the God word, that the divine invisible hand is sure interesting. First through one major curveball, then another one, and another one, and another one. Unpredictable events, unknowns, throwing us all into this unknown state and uncertainty. If anybody thought they were in control, it's pretty clear we're not. Yes, we're in control of certain things, and we'll talk about that more. But it's very clear it's part of a pattern. And you cannot deny patterns. It's like in every scenario here, we're being faced with another unknown. So someone wakes up in the morning and says, okay, so who won the election? We don't know. When is COVID ending? We don't know. Will there be a vaccine? I don't know. When will it be? We don't know. Yes, there are predictions and we have hope and so on. Now, I'm not trying to paint a negative picture. I'm actually trying to paint a beautiful picture. Because the true nature of existence, disruption actually, if you think of it, is the key to our survival. It's the key to all success. The only way you shed an old layer of skin, I'm sorry, the only way you assume a new layer of skin is by shedding an old layer of skin. The only way a chick comes out of an egg, it has to crack. All of us have to go through the frustration of adolescence to become adults. A mother goes through birth pains to give birth. Show me anywhere that there's a new reality, a new paradigm, and you immediately see what precedes it will always be a void, a vacuum, or a disruption. It's the, the illusion that when you're riding smoothly and everything is going well, you convince yourself, why can't it just continue this way? But no growth happens. We need to always grow. And growth 
is hand in hand with something being disrupted. While you're in the middle of the disruption, especially if you're in the center of it, it can be very unsettling because suddenly the ground beneath you is pulled out from under you. You know, even earthquakes, and I remember speaking about them years ago, the deeper spiritual meaning of earthquakes, is due to the crust, is due to the, the, tectonic, the tectonic plates of the earth is made, and it's actually that the earthquake, though it causes devastation and can cause devastation, is actually a market correction. It's due to the plates and the different forms of earthquakes are readjusting to each other. It's like a release. It would be like, think of a, 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 a two things that are pressure and they have a way to release. If they didn't have a release, we'd have complete destruction. So earthquakes is a way of relieving the tensions between the plates as they move and touch and affect each other. Same thing like a volcano. An eruption, releasing energies that are very powerful. Think of a boiling kettle. If it didn't have a spout, what would happen? The whole thing would explode. So the spout is a type of release. The problem is when human beings are in its path. But you know how many earthquakes happen and volcanoes all the time beneath the sea? It doesn't impact us. On the contrary, it keeps the balance. And the same thing is with all things that we call natural disasters, which are disruptive to the human beings. They actually are critical for the existence of life on Earth, whether it's hurricanes or typhoons, or cyclones, even tsunami. A tsunami is a reaction to an imbalance. So if you took human beings out of the path of destruction, it would be part of the balance, just, just as different things throughout the cosmos, how stars are born or other things happen, is due to collisions. The collision itself can be very disruptive, but what it gives birth to is always something greater. So again, the tragedy is if human beings are in the path and they get affected by it. I remember writing an article called Interview with Francis. It was a type of metaphorical, figurative interview with uh, Hurricane Francis. You can check it out on MeaningfulLife.com. I discussed some of this in the natural world. On the human level, when live, in our lives, something is a disruption, we can see it as just being unsettling or we can see it as the beginning of a birth but right now, there's the birth pangs. Yes, it's uncomfortable. And I'm not getting into the finances of it. Amazon disrupted the commercial retail world. But because the old world, the old world order is very powerful, like an old dinosaur, it doesn't go away. I've seen this. Look at the music industry. There are no more music stores. Do you remember? Music was bought and sold a certain way. And once it turned digital, remember Napster and all the other stuff, they had to find new models. But the old model, the old powers that be, didn't want to easily give up power. So there was all the fights until they found some adjustment. They haven't yet found their peace. The publishing world is going through similar things, and now Hollywood is going through this. Especially now with the pandemic, where you can't just air um, theaters and public gatherings. So initially, at the moment, yes, nobody wants to be out of their comfort zone. But disruption causes allows us to be catapulted to a far better place. So a few lessons that I would say about now what? Number one, don't be afraid of doubts and concerns. I'm sorry, don't be concerned about doubts. Don't be afraid of them and uncertainties. 
It's an opportunity to question, what are your givens? Maybe it's a good opportunity to say, why are you so sure that we have to always have clarity the night of an election? Being able to accept that actually makes us stronger. Ask anyone who's dealt with recovery. So though their lives completely devastated and disrupted, but they'll say openings happened. And in retrospect, I realized that the only way to discover new truths and new honesty was by my old paradigm being destroyed or challenged. When I relied on it and I thought, that's it? That was sometimes our un my undoing. So the first thing is to remember that, like I often mentioned, a good swimmer is not someone who knows everything coming up, but it's a swimmer who knows how to navigate. So let's say you're swimming in an unknown water. The difference between a bad swimmer and a good swimmer is they're both swimming, everything is going smoothly. Suddenly a storm strikes, a high tide, waves. The bad swimmer, being unaware and doesn't have the tools, may fight the tide, drain his own resources, and who knows what can happen. A good swimmer didn't see the storm coming either. But the unknown didn't bother him because he has the tools to navigate. He sees that, you adjust. You know, time now to float, to go with the flow. And sometimes the storms can be very, very challenging. But it's about navigating. So it's not about being certain about everything, but knowing that no matter what happens, even when there's the big question mark, I can navigate because I have certain givens in my own life that I discover or have discovered in the past that that I am certain about, the confidence that I can ride through it. So the first thing is not to be afraid of it by recognizing that that shouldn't be the things you're dependent on. If you're going to depend on the things that you think are certain and then you discover they're not certain, obviously it's going to throw you. But if you come into the storm, to the unknown, with resources that transcend and are deeper, so you say, you know what, okay, we're in an unknown situation now. It doesn't shape or define me. It's part of the challenges of life. It's like you know how to ride and navigate, and now you're going to navigate these new uncertainties. So there's a certainty in that, the certainty that you can navigate. That's how we have to look at this situation. Is it easy? No, because at times we say, but I was so comfortable with that. Why would I have to give it up? And the answer is, it's not up to you whether to give it up. That's fine. Accept. I don't like the word surrender because it sounds negative, but surrender also has a positive element to it. It's accepting things that are not in your control. To try to fight the storm and say, no, I don't accept it, or I'm just going to overpower it, is incorrect. When there's a true uncertainty, it's an uncertainty. Just recognize that. And it's not the end of the world. It's the pandemic has created plenty of new uncertainties, unknowns. The elections, the whole season, has created more uncertainties. And now we have yet another one. This one will be resolved. I sure hope so. But regardless when and how, it's a time to bolster and reinforce who you are. And that's one of the sad things I see going around around me. We're being shaped and defined by other events. Events are important in life, but they are not what should define you. The consumption of media, 
of hearing this opinion and that opinion and the partisanships, even the reporting of the elections. Forget about whether they're leaning one way or the other and everyone has their preferences. They're just the, 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 it's almost the investment in the unknown makes it even more overwhelming. It's a time to step back and look inside your heart and soul. Because the first one you're responsible for is yourself. Then your immediate family, loved ones. We need to take control back of our own lives. Not allow outside forces, whether it's pandemics or elections. I'm not just throwing, trying to throw things into the same pot, but I mean all the other disruptions. They are part of life's reality. They will lead to a better future. I have no question in my mind. The question is whether we will be there, whether we'll be able to appreciate it, or we will have become, unfortunately, a casualty, the collateral damage of all this disruption. Because that's what happens as well. Because those that don't swim correctly can be overwhelmed by it. And it could have an impact that's a negative impact. I'm not, I'm not, I don't like to paint negative pictures. But we have a choice. You'll say, okay, where do I begin? I feel lost in all of this. Yes, you feel lost. Lost in space. Lost in this whole. Number one, find values and principles that you are not lost in. Write down on a piece of paper. Write down one, two, three. Write down five values that you know will never change and are unwavering in your life. Absolute certain you're about them. Someone you love, ideals that you stand for, the mark you want to make in the universe. You choose it. Define it. Don't let it be vague because we need to define it because the unknowns are very defined before us. So that's number one. Number two, hang around people who have, who hold on to certainty, who have certain absolute values that are transcend the vicissitudes and the storms of our times. Number three, designate space and time. Literally, every day, in the morning when you wake up, focus on your soul. Thank you for returning my soul to me. Very powerful one-line prayer to say in the morning. Before you go to sleep, don't fall asleep with the events of the world around us. Fall asleep with something. Read some poetry, listen to music. Something that soothes the soul. Create space. Nourish your soul. Because your soul is your tool, your resource, your very mission that allows you to hold on to while all these unknowns brew and bubble and percolate around us. It's in your power to do so. And they're not even major steps. It's small steps, step by step by step. It's absolutely possible. So when we ask the question, now what? Yes, it's a good question. You could ask it about many things. Now it's about the election and all the implications of that. The answer has to be, I can't tell you what about those events, but I can tell you about myself. I will use all these events, however they end up, as tools and resources to actualize my purpose in this world and the purpose of those that I love, the people around me. It's time to take control of our own lives as much as we can. There's no question that there's more that we can do for ourselves than we've been doing till now. But the first step is you have to free yourself, somewhat release yourself from the addiction to all the news around us, especially to all those unknowns 
they don't serve us well. We should be informed, not a problem, but not shaped and defined. Be informed by events, but not shaped and defined by them. You should shape and define them and what their impact is on you. Ask yourself the question, as I did last week, whoever wins this election, what impact is going to have on your personal life? Is it going to make your relationship with your spouse better, with your children, with yourself? Is it going to help you deal with fears and, and uncertainties and inhibitions and insecurities better? Don't be deceived into thinking that something happens out there, that's going to be my savior. And if something else happens, it's going to be my destruction. No. You're the swimmer. Learn to navigate. So, of course, we all have that voyeuristic side. We want to know what will be. Now what? But the key is to remember some things we may not know right away. But find out the things that you do know. And you will see. Hold on to that and there will be a new birthing. So the very unknowns, the very unsettling and disconcerting forces that can shake us up, those disruptions, can end up being, not can, will end up being, the beginnings of a new birthing, of a new paradigm, of a new world order, both personally and collectively. And we have the honor and the gift to be not just bystanders, not bystanders, but to be active participants in the unfolding drama of our own destiny and the destiny of the world. That is very empowering because we trust our own soul. We trust its divine power, its eternal power. And when we connect with that, we can achieve anything. That which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. The disruptions become the springboard for tremendous growth. So the question mark of now what ends up becoming an opening, challenging the previous so-called givens and knowns and opening up new realities. And this journey continues on and on. This has been Simon Jacobson, MeaningfulLife.com for many more resources on related topics, on upcoming topics. We have a full schedule addressing especially in the last months and now the last few weeks the elections the government things are upcoming so please we try to present a deeper perspective a personal perspective a meaningful perspective on these events so they're happening but look at like the deeper story the inside story behind the scenes so join us share like participate partner with us, love to have, hear your questions, your comments, your rebuttals, all your thoughts, because there's nothing more beautiful and more certain than the dignity of every soul's journey and how we intersect and cross-pollinate creates whole new realities. We're all enriched in the process of finding harmony within diversity. Where this program is every Wednesday live, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, but it's archived, accessible on many different platforms. You can download it as MP3, podcast form, and so on. And as I said, many other programs at MeaningfulLife.com. Thank you so much. Be blessed. 
find the certainty among all the uncertainties around us. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.